even have a house. I have a lock. to the Geekscape Games Podcast. This is level 46, the one where we don't talk about Destiny. That's right. We're finally not going to talk about Destiny. We live up to our Destiny this week by not talking about Destiny. Juan Carlos is not here, and he's the only one that has the Taken King expansion. So we're going to talk about... what? Oh, oh, fuck. That's right. (laughs) You have it, too. You have it, too, Josh. After weeks of saying I'm not going to get it, but I didn't pay for it. So okay, I think so that still counts. That's Josh Jackson, and not talking is Derek Cranavelt. It's because all I, uh, you know, all I have to talk about is Destiny. So I just I'm going to be quiet. Or, or you're sober because I just love Destiny. So or I'm sober <laughs> maybe. <laughs> um, yes. So um, we're not going to talk about Destiny. We're going to talk about Konami. You're welcome, Jeremy. You're welcome, Jeremy Shepard. And we got a cool question at the end of the week and a very varied show, maybe. Maybe absolutely, not. We'll absolutely. We're gonna we're gonna we're gonna try to do rapid fire this week and just see how it goes. So, Konami is officially dead. They said they are ceasing all AAA game titles except for Pro Evo Soccer. Um, we all suspected, and I mean, the, we were saying this like like it was rumored, and we talked about it on the show months ago. Yeah, but like everybody, the thing was is that everybody was saying everybody was using Pro Evo Soccer as their um like litmus test. So there was like rumors like, oh, they're really dead because they haven't announced PES 2016. And then like two days later, like all the press releases for PES 2016 came out. So everyone's like, oh, okay, everything must be okay. Everything must be okay. And then this article came out, everything but PES is going away. Um, I, well, I, just, I just hope that they let other people buy their licenses instead of just fucking like stifling the way with pachinko machines and slot machines. Well, did you if guys they see did that? How would they put silent Hill in pachinko machines? Yeah. You saw, I, I, you saw that link I sent you or had you already the, seen it? The slot machine, the pachinko silent Hill pachinko machine. Oh, I saw the slot machine, but I didn't see the pachinko machine. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but it makes me wonder though, cause all the uh, articles that I've read specify triple a gaming. Does that, mean that they're just getting out of big budget gaming or are they getting out well, they're of keeping Yu-Gi-Oh. Altogether? they're keeping Yu-Gi-Oh too but um okay then I'm I'm cool then whatever they could do whatever they want with the rest of it well Yu-Gi-Oh cards well, like, I, yeah, from, from cool. what I read it was that they were basically ceasing console production aside from Metal Gear Online which they're still going to be supporting as long as it's making the money I guess yeah because um uh, and according PES. to according to Eurogamer uh MGS5 was an 80 million dollar title so they're not cutting that away anytime soon yeah and then we talked about it a few weeks ago but there were rumors that that budget was so high or that cost was so high because kojima kind of would just like fuck your budget and just kept going but yeah it's hard but you know that's all just rumor and and you know the, the big thing is that, like the, the writing was on the wall but i guess we were just all like like ignorant about it because there was all those stories a few months ago about um like employees talking about how like they they would be shifted to other teams that were just called like development team eight um, they, they would be moved around. They, they wouldn't be given outside internet access. Their email addresses would change at random. So they couldn't keep like contact with people. And then they, um, I, I, I heard a story now. I can't remember if it was, if Kojima was the subject of the story or he was witness to the story, but there was a story of like way back when, um, when, uh, I think, yeah, it was Kojima when Kojima first started, uh, working at Konami. 
And um, one of the senior like game developers went up to him in the cafeteria and was like, hey, if you can't make an amazing game, you should just fucking kill yourself. Like straight up, like told him to kill himself if he can't make a good game. And apparently, according to that, that newspaper article from a few months ago, from that Japanese uh, newspaper, that that's kind of how it is. Like the Japanese like game designing culture is cutthroat as fuck. Yeah, so, and I mean, there's been word about that for a while too, especially like, I think the first time I really heard anything about that was the whole Inafune split from Capcom where he was talking about how terrible it was yeah. and how stifling it could be and that kind of thing. And that people believe that that's part of the reason why he was let go and they kind of shunned Mega Man because he spoke out about it in public. Yeah, and you know a good thing he went out on his own so he could just let his creativity rise and he could release Mighty Number no. 9 on time. <laughs> and then Mighty Number no. 9 2 is coming out and the game like like and the movie and the anime it is a, it is a Kickstarter project you guys. So if it ever comes out at all, you guys will be lucky. Well, um completely like off topic, but there was a um a landfall case in um I think it was Washington. There was this company, a Kickstarter was uh, wanted to like make playing cards and it was they, like a card game or something. Yeah. No, it was just playing cards. Oh, why would anybody kickstart that? Cause they were like, like, I don't know. There were zombie playing cards. Well, they got like, they were asking for Who like, the fuck cares. Let me finish the story, Derek. Okay. I'm sorry. <laughs> they were asking for like 25 grand and they got like 50 grand. And then they just like kept delaying and delaying and delaying. And, um, uh, long story short, like Washington courts ordered them to pay like each backer a thousand dollars and they wow. had to like refund everybody's money um, because like only like a couple of hundred got printed. It was like, it was bad. And it was, it set precedence that if you don't deliver on Kickstarter, courts are going to come after you because it was a, um, under the, the Consumer Protection Act. Which is, nice. which is, I mean, it's, it's, I, it's, it's just such an interesting thing. Like I'm, you know, I back things from on kickstarter fairly regularly and it's like every and i think i touched on this before but pretty much every single project that i've ever backed has been delayed like there was a smart lock that i backed on kickstarter like at the beginning of this year and it was like oh our campaign ends like april 30th and we're shipping out may 1st still as far as their last update which was a month ago is concerned they have not started production yet really yeah it's and like well and of course like this is uh it's especially funny in in you know the type of product it is this like smart lock thing because there was a very famous uh smart lock company a couple years ago called lockatron that announced this product everyone was really excited excited for and then it didn't ship for like two and a half years from when the kickstarter ended and the product that shipped wasn't like i mean it was okay it wasn't it wasn't anything like what they initially set out to make and then so the Sesame Project pops up in like January or February or whatever. And they're basically like pointing directly to the, the Lockatron Kickstarter and are like, oh, we're not going to be like these guys who take forever to release a product like ours is already finished, basically. And like, blah, blah, blah. And it's going to work way, way better. And as far as it as far as it exists so far, it's just on the track to be the exact same thing. <laughs> no, and then and I paid two hundred US dollars for it, so hopefully it comes out. Uh, uh, <laughs> you don't even have a house. See, and then I have a lot. Thing though, I mean, <laughs> <laughs> what were you gonna say, Josh? Oh no, I was gonna say that's the thing too, because I mean, you can expect delays, and delays aren't, at least in my opinion, with Mighty Number no. Nine, 
delays aren't really the issue, but I guess like constant delays and being really shady about it and making it look like you're kind of trying to hide it or hold yeah. off as long as possible before you inform so, the people so, have already given so you explain, money. Ex- I feel like the shadiness is the bad is the worst part. Like I feel like with Kickstarter and especially, you know, a lot of the stuff that I back, it's like this company's first Kickstarter and every single Kickstarter that that is begun or at least the, the their first Kickstarter, they're always like the the dates that they anticipate their product to be finished, not even near realistic. So and, so and, let's and, let's uh let's just cap off Konami, Konami dead, boohoo, we're sad. Moving on to bad Kickstarters because Mighty Number no. Nine Beta got delayed again. So continue your thought. Wasn't Derek. the game supposed to be out by now? Yeah, the game was supposed to be out in a few weeks, and the whole like the full purpose, game for everyone. Right. And the wow. whole purpose and the reason they said they delayed the full game is because they were trying to refine the online mode that no one really asked for. It was like a stretch goal. Uh, so people were kind of already annoyed by that. And as we Isn't talked that in what detail, patches and, are for? Yeah, pretty that's what it, most people were saying, which is why they're assuming that there's something wrong with the single player and they're just you know, like that when, as an Yeah, excuse. exactly. Like when you know, when I buy you know, it's it's so common today, like when I buy a triple A title, you know, you take home the new Call of Duty or the new Assassin's Creed, and it's like, oh, you have to download a 10 gigabyte patch before you can even play it for a small indie game to have to, and, and a Kickstarter project at the very least to have to patch where they raise like millions of dollars more than what they asked for. Yeah, for you know, for them to have to patch in a, a another mode later down the line, that should that's a that should be a non issue. Like re- if that is what's stopping you from releasing the game, release the f- release the game and give that to us later. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. Exactly. How many? I mean, how many games? Um, like AAA titles came out. Grand Theft Auto Online didn't come out for a couple of months, and even a few months after that, it was it wasn't even usable. Um, like just re- yeah, release the game and like let us play the content that is finished instead of like shoehorning in stuff that's that's not going that's not mission critical. Right, right. And I mean that already upset people enough. And as we talked about a lot in a previous episode. Um, people, they didn't announce that actual delay until like the last second until their uh, second Kickstarter for Red Ash uh, failed. So people thought the second one failed too. Well, it was it was for their it wasn't their second Kickstarter, but it was their second game that they were trying to fund before the first one was out. And as like the day after that one uh, failed to reach funding was the was the day that they announced that this one is getting delayed, which people thought that was really shady because they had to have known that it wasn't going to make you know, release, but they didn't want to upset people while their other Kickstarter was still running. So they waited until that one lapsed before they made the announcement. And the whole purpose for this demo that was supposed to be out the other day was an apology for the delay in the first place. But the thing that makes, and this is probably (laughs) the shadiest thing that they've done so far, it's maybe not as big of a scale as the previous things, but with this demo, it was supposed to be out, I think, either Friday or Thursday. And the day actually hit and there was no announcement on how it was going to be released when it was going to be released and then they released a um update to their backers advertising like a contest where you design your own enemies that might get put into the game so they were like here's this contest here's the rules here's all the details blah 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 like this really long contest page and at the very bottom with like one sentence it's like oh by the way the demo that was supposed to come out today is delayed Oh yeah, and like fine text, like they just like whispered it under breath, like demo's delayed. Sorry, and yeah. and with no like no ETA or like this is why it's delayed or anything. Right, like they really? did like later in the day when it kind of already blew up. 
they released a separate update explaining why they delayed it. And their reason was bullcrap because it was basically like, well, we were going to have it, we we're going to include DRM because we wanted to make it exclusive to backers, but we didn't realize how difficult that was going to be to distribute to everybody who backed it and on all the different platforms. So we ran into this problem where we don't, essentially, we don't know how to distribute it. So we're going to release it on a later date and it's going to be DRM free. So it'll be available to everyone. But, you know, that's something that you figure out before you announce that you're going to release a demo in a few weeks. <laughs> like you don't wait until, and once again, they had to have known ahead of time that this was going to happen. But for some reason, they didn't announce it until the day of the demo's release. Yeah, and, and then um, in in the show notes, you say it was hit. It was hidden in an unrelated contest update. Yeah, because that was the it was before the big announcement that they did later in the day. They had initially announced it in the contest page I was talking about. Yeah. So it was like, oh, design your own character. These are the rules. These are the details. These are the disclaimers. And then at the very bottom, oh, by the way, that demo's de- <laughs> that demo's delayed, and the update <laughs> had nothing to do with the demo to begin with. Like people aren't gonna find out or something. Yeah, it's I mean, it's like if you didn't care about the contest, you would have never read that and never found out. But of course, with the Internet being the way it is, it blew up within like five or ten minutes and then everyone knew about it anyway. Thank God. So it's just all kinds of I don't know. It's just all kinds of shady going on over there. And it makes people it makes a lot of people question whether or not they want to even back anything anymore. And it's easy to see, too, that Inafune's reputation is kind of taking a huge hit at this point. And deservedly so, honestly. Yeah, no, like like um, the thing is. If you're going to have a Kickstarter, you have to, and I've said this ad nauseum, but you have to treat your backers like investors. Like you have to answer to them. They're not pre-orders. They're not customers. They're investors. So, but that that's a two-edged sword that, that these people that are investing in the company need to look at it as they are investing and their, their ROI is the game or the product and any, any perks. So you wouldn't like the day of, product release or product like checkpoint be go to the board of directors and be like oh yeah sorry that's not that's not happening you'd you'd fucking telegraph that shit like a month out a month out and be like hey we're behind we don't think we're gonna make it but that's 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 sketchy as hell just to like drop it like that and yeah and like you're like you're alluding to it's like really disrespectful like they're not treating their kickstarter backers with the same level of respect that they would treat like a board of directors or now, a group do of they investors. do they still have that community director that came under fire during the whole Gamergate thing? Oh, uh, I don't know. I think that they, I think that that got squashed pretty quick when it became a big deal. But I don't remember. I, I, I didn't really follow, and honestly, I don't really care too much about that aspect of it. So I didn't. I have no idea what the status of that is. Oh, I, I just, I just like know from a, like a cursory reading that she was kind of. Um, like everybody hated her for what she was doing. Like she was blocking people from like backers channels and like, that would make sense if, if their community manager, if this information is not getting out in time and their community manager is just like person that everyone said was unqualified for the job. It's like, here's your fucking, like, you know, you made your goddamn bed lying it. Right. Well, no, I'm pretty sure their community manager is someone different now, if, but I'm not a hundred percent sure. So I don't want to commit too much to it. Okay. Yeah. But and yeah. she was, and she's a woman. And I hate women. So we don't, <laughs> they don't deserve our time. Yeah, no, that we've heard, but no, but I mean, disappointment and hating women seems to be a theme of this week, <laughs> which unfortunately went hand in hand with the most disappointing uh, announcement in ter- uh, in terms of delays for me, at least, um, that with WWE 2K16, and I'm kind of disappointed that Juan's not here, but I guess to put it in, in perspective for someone who doesn't watch wrestling, um, imagine 
I don't know, whatever TV show, say uh, uh, Breaking Bad. And then there was a video game based off of it. And there was a new, there was like a set the of only, new. The only way I can think of like a Breaking Bad video game is like Root Beer Tapper, but <laughs> with just meth. Or that's probably a bad example, but I they guess. They made a version of uh, Cookie Clicker that was like about making meth. Meth Cooker? <laughs> I don't know what it was called. The Wasilla Alaska Simulator. Meth, <laughs> meth, meth capital of the state. Oh, You're not yeah. a realtor at all, are you? <laughs> I'm a meth dealer. <laughs> it's a front. You just hide it. You just hide it in the basement so that if someone buys the house, it's on them. <laughs> <laughs> no, but um, so yeah, just to put it in perspective, imagine a TV show. There's four, like a group of four wildly popular characters, and then for whatever reason, when a video game comes out based off of it, they have every character included except for those characters. So that's oh, kind of what we're dealing with with WWE 2K16. Wasn't it like with the Lost game, like it came out and like like half the characters from the show weren't even in there and you didn't play as anybody, you played as like some rando survivor? Yeah, something like that. Like, yeah. <laughs> But yeah, I kept hearing that that game was terrible. <laughs> but I mean, like one of, what really made it frustrating with WWE is because it promises to have the largest roster in series history, which we talked about before. And they released their full roster earlier this week, which has everybody from like three Triple H's and like three John Cena's. To to like people who like D'Lo Brown and fucking Kama Mustafa and Mikey Whiprick, who I don't even remember Mikey Whiprick and whoever that is, is in it. But these (laughs) these four very popular, very respected female wrestlers are not in the game. And Derek Cranavelt's in this game. He he might as well be. Everyone else is. As long as he's not a woman, you're apparently in the game. So (laughs) essentially, the only people who the only female wrestlers who made it into the game are the ones that are in their reality show, Total Divas. So people were kind of pissed because they're like, you included almost you've included duplicates of people. But these four really popular female wrestlers aren't in it. So and they're the four of them are collectively kind of known unofficially as the four horsewomen because they're all so um like universally loved by wrestling fans and they came up at around the same time is is one of them that chick who like that one wrestler like accidentally like instagrammed like a nude picture of her and then his fiance was like what the fuck and then she started tweeting like his dick pics all over the place no that was completely different she actually just got fired for having like nazi imagery and all of her social in a bunch of her social media uh pictures and stuff the fiance or the 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 girl that he was having an affair with who was also a wrestler at the time but so cool but yeah but everyone assumed that you know those four characters are conveniently missing so they're probably going to package them later as dlc uh unfortunately even though that would have sucked unfortunately we're not even getting that because 2k yesterday just released a press release that said and i'm reading this directly from their press release we pushed as hard as we could to include sasha banks charlotte becky lynch and bailey in wwe 2k16 but it simply did not work out for various reasons we are not divulging of the, f- the full details of our post-launch content but we can confirm that the four horsewomen will not be available as dlc bullshit they pu- they they push bullshit yeah and it's there's stories of wwe like kind of getting in the way of what 2k wants to do with the game but it just makes no sense because like i said you're taking four of the most popular characters in the entire company, let alone just the women's roster. But yet you have space for certain people like, say, Eva Marie, who's someone who hasn't wrestled on mainstream television in like a year and is like god awful. But she's in the game because she's now, on their reality show. Now, don't they just have like a really like really shitty like, like track record with just making bad PR decisions? Like when, when 
a wrestler has a scandal, they just scrub them from the record books? Yeah, I mean, pretty much. But, I mean, there's really no reason for this to happen, especially with how big the roster is. So, it's now, just... Can you, can, you, can you, like, hypothesize as to what, it, what the reasoning behind it is? Or is it just purely you think... Like, I think the, the people in management don't think that women's wrestling matters. So their priority was putting in the girls on the reality show because they figured they could get possibly like a bunch of like wives and soccer moms or whatever who sit around watching reality TV all day to take interest in the game because Nikki Bella or whoever the fuck is in it. But people who actually like are into wrestling don't care about women's wrestling. So they made them like a they didn't make them a priority when in reality, if they had a sliver of a pulse of uh, a sliver of a finger on the pulse of what people want they would these four would have been like the first people they were pushing to put in i mean hell they they have a goddamn like nickname for the group for christ's sakes yeah exactly and it's not their name either it's a name that the fans came up with because everyone's so like excited about them and it's been yeah. it's not anything new either it's been like the better part of like a year maybe a year and a half and they still are so clueless that they're gonna keep those characters from being in so it just it's one of those decisions that and as a wrestling fan you come across this often but it's one of those decisions that just makes no sense and it just no tops sense. off like a tops off a, a week full of kind of like a week full of disappointments delays and a lot of bad news going around this week yeah speaking of delays wait wait what were you gonna talk about uh star fox okay well hold on hold on so um there's a um uh British uh, video game online magazine called MCV UK, and they released a an article today um, saying publishers have learned nothing from broken game fiasco warns bug testers. And I'm going to read from the article because it's real quick. Uh, Major games this Christmas could launch with crippling bugs, just like in 2014. That's the warning from leading game testing firms who insist too many publishers have not learned their lessons from quarter four last year, which saw a number of titles arriving with game breaking issues such as the Master Chief Collection, Drive Club, and Assassin's Creed Unity. Um, uh, Poll to Win, which is a game testing company, and outs- uh, um, an, a third-party game testing company that um, publishers outsource um, their QA to. Uh, Poll to Win localization director Chris Riley warned, the run-up to this Christmas will be no different from the last one. Console games are expensive to develop, so missing a street date is not, accept- is not an acceptable situation to a publisher. Day one patches have become the norm over the last few years, Derek, you mentioned that, to try and address this. But the reality is that it often takes several patches where a title is significantly behind schedule. Uh, universally speaking, QA manager James Cubitt said that there's been some improvement from game creators, but it is still not enough. It is, uh, quote, it is getting better, but far from solved. People need to stop seeing delays as a bad thing, both companies and the user base. The number of companies that just squeeze QA testing in the remaining period without sufficient time to then fix the issues and retest is hurting their own titles in the long run. Now, Derek, you said that very rarely do you, you get a game and not have a day one patch. Unless it's um, a Wii U game. Unless it's a Wii U game. It's a perfect. Um, but then, um, uh, Josh, you, I mean, uh, I mean, we said about all these delays in kickstarting. So where's the happy medium? Well, where, like, where, where's the happy medium? Like, uh, like, again, this is the year of no pre-orders for me. I'm, I am not pre-ordering. It's at least a week. I'm waiting a week to purchase my games. Um, and I, I think that, um, like I've been, I've been burned last year by, uh, ACU that I don't want to go do that again. I didn't, I didn't get watchdogs. Oh, lucky. And I mean, that's good though, because if more people did what you were doing, then it would send a message. But it's funny that the, like you said, the article was titled 
you know, the, they haven't learned their lesson. But as far as I'm reading into it, they have learned their lesson. But the lesson that they learned is that they could put out whatever <laughs> crap that they have available and everyone's still going to buy it. But I just feel like and there's no there's no incentive for them to improve if everyone's just going to buy their game every year. And then they put out an apology that's like, oh, sorry, it doesn't work. Here's the finished version four months later. Please remember to buy our game next year. And everyone does the exact same thing. It's just this crazy idea completely that people are either so enthralled with a franchise or what that franchise at one time represented or, you know, whether it's that they're enthralled with that or they're like, you know, I need this pre-order DLC really bad or like what what is it that entices people to pre-order? Like unless the only time I ever pre-order anything is if it's like a collector's edition, like I got the Pip-Boy edition of Fallout 4. Um, uh, And you know that, you know, like all Bethesda games, it's going to be buggy as fuck. Oh, I'm expecting it completely. Yeah. Yeah, but, with, but the difference with a game like Fallout, though, is that it's like it's such a huge game that, you know, there's there's definitely a balance where if a game is like huge, ambitious, if it's like Witcher or Grand Theft Auto, you have yeah. to kind of expect yeah. some level of bugginess because it's so huge. There's no way anyone's going to catch all of that. But there's a difference between that and well, like Grand a game. The- Grand Theft Auto got delayed twice, right? Yeah. It got, it- it got delayed twice and there was still bugs. For sure. But- well, and I mean, I, f- I feel like for games, especially games of that size it's going to be you know you're never going to get rid of every bug and that's just something that has to be accepted but for you know actually like rockstar is a rockstar is a good example of that instead of releasing a broken game when they said it was going to release they delayed it because it wasn't ready and it wasn't done um and that's it's sad that that i mean i i commend them for doing that but it's sad that that should be something that we should have to commend a company for today because, right. you know, had that game been in the hands of Ubisoft or EA or whoever, it probably would have come out in whatever broken, buggiest shit state that it, it was in at the time. And, uh, but yeah, just it, what I, like kind of what I was saying before, why why do people pre-order today? It's, unless it's something like a collector's edition, you're not going to have a problem getting a title on launch day. Um, do people really care about pre-order, pre-order DLC? Like... I feel like half the time if I, I go to pick up a game do. on launch day that I didn't pre-order, they're like, oh, here, you can have this DLC, and I don't ever activate it. Or if the game comes with a, like a DLC code in the package for like, oh, you can start the game with these weapons because you bought the game. I'm just, I, I, It's not worth the hassle to me to put in that code. Like, I'll just start with what the game wants to give me rather than putting in a code to get some other crap. And like, like right. I, I mentioned a few... Like, is that atypical? Like, do, do people really care about that stuff? Well, I, I, I think I, people I, do... I, Go ahead. Sorry. Oh, go ahead. Oh, no, I was going to say, oh, actually, you go ahead, because I think I'm going into a bit of a rant. So I'm... Oh, um, I um, I mentioned maybe a few weeks ago, maybe a month ago that um, like a pro tip for me was buying day one PC releases that are normally like an origin or a Steam exclusive. Um, uh, and uh, they'll have your pre-order bonus stuff printed in the box. So because the the physical PC market is so small, especially for games that are uh, you're expecting to go through an online um, distribution system. That they they just ex- it'll be cheaper just to print everything at once at the same time, and so the first printing run will have all the pre order bonuses stuff. So there's really no unless unless it's like a, a retailer exclusive where the code is on the receipt. It's usually stuff that's not going to like like break the game that you don't have it. Like uh, yeah, like all who the gives shit- a shit about pre order bonuses. 
Yeah, and like yeah. With, with Shadow with Shadow of Mortar, the guy just is like, "Hey, I'm gonna say that you pre-ordered the game, so we can print out the pre-order codes." And like it was, I, I don't fucking know what. Like, hold on, like it was like an extra axe or something, and like ex- exclusive missions. Like that there's seventy five thousand axes in that game. Like, who cares if you get yeah. one more? Like, I just don't <laughs> understand why that's an incentive for somebody to go and be like, "Oh, this game doesn't come out for one year, but I'd like to pay for it now," and you know, just turn a blind eye to how the game ends up because I'm already be- paying for it. Before we let Josh go right. on, his, on his rant, what was what was the last? game that you pre-ordered um besides fallout for derek besides fallout um uh i think it was destiny okay and we all know how that turned out it was great um mediocre yeah our own eric francisco did a, a write-up on um on i said he didn't even include you yeah i know i was so pissed i thought we were brothers you yeah. you guys shared a bed That's and what he couldn't even include you in his article <laughs> so hurt so hurt um but um, for me, I don't think I've pre-ordered anything in a while. Uh, all I can remember is my favorite pre-order was um, I pre-ordered uh, 50 Cent Blood in the Sand, which is one of my all-time favorite games. And uh, the guy was like, you want to <laughs> pre-order you're this? The only one. Dude, it was so good. It had a dedicated was, swear button and you could level up your swears. It was, but it was good in a, it was good in a like Troll 2 kind of way. Well, it well, was like well, so the, fucking ridiculous. <laughs> It, it was, but the combat, like the gameplay, the gameplay was, was, was tight. It was locked down. It was, it was good gameplay, but everything else around it was completely absurd. So anyway, go I remember feeling that the game was really self-centered because it's like, if your partner died, then the game would keep going until 50 cent revived them. But if 50 cent died, it was just instant game over. Yeah. No, but, uh, it is. but yeah, in regards to pre-ordering on, um, well, two things now, cause I, when Derek brought it up. Um, I'm someone who's somewhat of an avid pre-order person, but that's partially because Best Buy gives you an extra $10 off every time you pre-order certain games. So that, but, that I totally understand if you're saving money because you're pre-ordering it and you're likely to pick it up anyways, like that's, that's an actual incentive to pay for the game early for sure. Right. But I mean, maybe because I worked at GameStop and I feel like this is actually a misconception that seems to go around a lot, but like when you pre-order something, it doesn't. When you pre-order something, it doesn't mean that you're going to buy it. Like, you can cancel it at any point. Oh, and yeah. It doesn't have, and it doesn't have to be, like, a full thing either. Like, the only thing that it... The only way that pre-orders really affect anything is if your pre-order's still there, like, the week before release, that determines how many copies that store gets, which, in turn, reflects how many copies they list as being sold. Okay. Yeah, like, so, I guess they... I guess you only need to put $5 down. I just typically pay for it... If I'm pre-ordering something, I typically pay for the whole thing. I forgot that you only have to put like a small amount on and can cancel it. Yeah, no, I never put more than $5 unless it's like a console or something and they make you put down more. But um, anyway, um, as far as why people keep buying these games, I feel like there's this obsession with and it's nothing new. It's been around since as long as I can remember. But I feel like there's this obsession with wanting to have everything that's new. So regardless of if it sucks that's why you have all these people every year that's like oh and i'm just using this as an example even though these games are usually more solid than the ones we're talking about but just as an example people will be like oh this year's call of duty is fucking awesome and then six months later they're like call of duty last year sucked i hope the next one's better it's like it's just this (laughs) weird mindset where people feel like they have to be the first to have um to have um whatever's the new product is and not to get too like into like faux economics or anything but i feel like the whole idea that you have to have it first kind of 
became more prominent in my experiences after like the whole financial crisis. Cause it was like, if I could afford shit, that means that I'm better off. Even if oh. that means I'm getting the, even if that it means I'm getting the fucking 30% APR GameStop credit card to be able to buy it. Ugh. And, Ugh. I, and I feel like it just, and I feel like it's just setting such a horrible precedent. Like I was saying, cause people are just going to buy it no matter what. And then if people point out that the game has flaws, you're going to have like 15 people jump on them and be like, you're so entitled. You're saying like, just get over, get the fuck over it. That's, blah, blah, blah. that's, that's how I am with like PC hardware. Um, well I used to be, I'd used to get the fucking like big, the best, every product release cycle would be like, I had to like, you know, when you're in high school and like I was, I was making way too much money for a kid in high school. Like I, I just way too much money. Um, I, uh, I mean, not to sound too one percenter, but I don't think I've ever worked a job for minimum wage. Um, Man, I'm a fucking prick. <laughs> um, but like, I would, I would, you know, get the the latest video card, the, the latest memory, and just like move up. And it was just all like like e penis, like dick dick measuring. Now I wait two or three product cycles, or until or until the game that I am absolutely wanting, I can't run it on its highest settings. Then it's time to overhaul. Right. So I understand. I understand that uh, the the culture for having everything first and having everything best. Right, and then it's just so, I, I, yeah. I, I, see, like, I, I mean, I can see that. I can see that too. I do that with tech stuff pretty, pretty yeah. often, and and not yeah, yeah, and, you and do. Usually, usually it's like if I see value in something beyond what I currently have, I'll be like, okay, right, that's right. fair enough. And then I feel like I feel like it's even more visible with just as an example, the PlayStation Four is on track to potentially be the highest selling, the best selling console of all time, and we're only what like two years into the console cycle. And we've talked it's about this three. plenty of times before, but what does it have? Like, what does it really have to justify sales that are above the PS2, which oh, is considered one sure. of the greatest consoles of all time? We're literally in a stage where the best games to play on the high, on the best-selling current-gen console is stuff that came out five years ago, stuff yeah. that came out one year ago that everyone's buying again. <laughs> and and it, 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 I think I think it took Metal Gear. To be like, oh, that, but oh, fuck, isn't Metal Gear on the older? Oh, yeah, you can older, play that shit on yeah, PS3 it's on as well. I, it's, like, it's getting to the point, and and that that's a great example. And I totally, the PS4 had an awful launch library. I fucking I waited outside Walmart to buy one on launch day. Like, it, it, you know, it, it, it's new. It's a PS4. Well, and the justification there was like console generations last seven or eight years. So by buying it now, I led to the Sega Saturn. But so so by buying it now. Uh, instead of a year down the road, you know, I'm going to pay the same amount. I just get it a year extra, basically. You know, it's relevant for that much longer while I have it. But the launch library was awful. And I feel like it's just, and I've said this recently, but it's just in the last six months or so that, you know, whether you're looking at the Xbox One or the PS4, there's enough content, enough good content, whether that's remasters or whether it's new titles or whether it's uh, downloadable titles or whatnot, there's just in the last like six, seven months, there's been enough content to probably justify buying one of those systems, but neither of them still really have that like killer, like this game is worth buying a console for at least in terms of exclusives. They both have incredible games that you can't play on the other consoles like Batman and like the Witcher three and soon fallout four and everything like that. But neither of them have really gotten, got that like, Holy crap, you need to play this exclusive game. And right. I think I, I think the on, the only the only one that I can think of is Titanfall. I thought you were gonna say Knack. Ugh, no, Titanfall. Titan, <laughs> Titanfall was good. Titanfall was like Titanfall was overrated as shit. Come on. Well the thing about Oh, Titan- back to fun bust the fuck no, up. Well, you no, don't I talk love, shit about Titanfall. I love Titanfall, but the thing about a game like that is it lives. I love Titanfall by the for like one week and then I got sick of it. 
no, you're right. You're right, Josh, that it lives and dies by the community. And because, so once everyone moves on to the next game, then it's just useless, which is like, it's hard because I have it on the PC master race and it, um, it's, it's hard to find like good games on there. Right. Right. So but yeah, I mean, but, and, I, but I, I, um, I think that we're kind of devolving from like the topic, which is good because we're having a good conversation, but, um, do do but speaking but the justified delays we were going to talk about yeah i mean um would you would you rather see a game delayed or would you rather see the game come out in time and then have patches i mean i'd rather see it delayed however unlike mighty number no. nine i'd rather have them be upfront about it instead of being like super shady and leading people on well th- that's you got to give them like somewhat of a benefit of the doubt because it's the first time they've ever done something like this i mean probably i mean no, no, they've made games before, but having to like run a PR side of a game company, a lot of those guys probably don't know what to do. So ugh, they should have hired somebody. Like, <laughs> uh, I, I would rather see a game delayed because, um, like the division that's getting delayed and delayed and delayed, and I'm I'm happy because I'm really excited for that game. Like, I I I, I want to play that game, and I want it to be not bullshit when it when it launches and i'm glad that they're delaying it and which is a, a huge surprise coming from fucking ubisoft For because sure. they really because they, they, they released well, what last year didn't they release two assassin's creed games yeah yeah there was one for last gen and one for current and then then they added they released a bunch of those like the mobile games like did we need two assassin's creed games no i don't think so well they just we wanted to like they just essentially wanted to sell a game to the people who don't have the new consoles and then have a game to sell to the people with the new consoles. Yeah. Yeah. Which is just anyway, delays. I bet somebody wants to talk about Starcraft or Star Fox. Starcraft. Speaking <laughs> of Starcraft. delays, Starcraft. <laughs> yeah, when is Starcraft? Speaking of delays, Blizzard. Out? Blizzard anything. They're too busy with Hearthstone. Yeah. Uh so yeah, the other day it was uh came out at about one AM uh our time. It was some sad news. Um I mean, Nintendo's had a really good year with like, they have a a lot of huge releases. Um, Mario makers, you know, making waves and, and people are really loving it. We've still got uh, Yoshi's Woolly World coming out this year and a couple of other titles, I believe, Uh, you know, Animal Crossing, uh, Happy Home Designer, which I know our buddy El Chucho is excited for. Um, Their big, big, big hits this year were going to be the Legend of Zelda, obviously, which got delayed back in March. Uh, and Star Fox, which after I believe after the Zelda delay, they assured fans that Star Fox would be making it out before the end of the year in this holiday season. Uh, Miyamoto actually took to Facebook himself to release a statement um, on why that won't be possible. So I've got it right here. Uh, so he said, I made a big decision last week. Uh, we've been developing Star Fox Zero for Wii U with the aim of releasing it this year. Although we felt that the development had been been progressing well, we now believe that we'll need a little more time to work on areas such as the unprecedented discovery that we want players to experience in the game by using two screens and further polishing the level designs and perfecting the tone of the cutscenes. While we, while we have already reached the stage where it would technically be possible to release the title in time for a year-end holiday season, we want to polish the game a bit more so that players would be able to more smoothly grasp the new style of play that we are pros- uh, proposing. To, to the people looking forward to the launch of the game this holiday season, I am very sorry. Star Fox Zero is going to bring new gameplay and experiences that take it far beyond the framework established by Star Fox 64. All of the members of development team are doing our best so that the final version will not betray your expectations. And the game will not be delayed for a very long time. We're aiming to launch the game in Q1 2016. Please stay tuned for further announcements. So I, I feel like that was a very heartfelt, like, 
you know, you, like I, I feel like Shiggy is a dude that like if he like he sounds sad in there. Yeah, he really does. Because I mean, I like look at back and back when they were talking about the game and how excited he was for the game, and and I mean, he lives for this stuff and to, um, you know, and and but I, I especially like the paragraph where he says. Yes, it would technically be possible to release the title in time for this the year end, but it's not where we want it to be yet. And so rather because I mean, that game like that game releasing in November or October or whenever it would have come out, like that's the holiday season. Like that is when you're going to sell the most copies of any game. So to forego that and forego probably a lot of extra sales because it wasn't as polished as they wanted it to be. And instead to release it, you know, Q1, which is a slower season for game releases. Like, I feel like that's that's commendable for sure. Right. And like, I don't know, maybe it was because of what we were just talking about. That almost feels like, uh, not intentionally, but it sounds like a subtle jab. It's like, well, we could release it the way it is, but we're going to wait and make sure it's up to your expectation. For sure, yeah. Which doesn't surprise me about how like Nintendo have been handling their PR the last couple of years like they've really gotten out of their their dusty old shell um we got a new president what's the new president's name tatsumi uh kimishima uh hatsune miko hatsune miku is <laughs> okay yeah um but uh i don't know why nintendo got a new president tatsumi kimishima that's it continue i'm sorry <laughs> one, one thing i thought was interesting about that president is that uh, shortly after he was announced, there was like an article that came out everywhere that was, you know, that this dude had warned Nintendo that the Wii U was too similar to the Wii. And I was like, that's interesting, but isn't every console kind of too similar to their previous one? Like the PS4 is very similar to the PS3. Literally, they have the same game library. (laughs) (laughs) But, But I mean, all of these are... You know, these are consoles that exist for seven years. I like while they're the, they're the, current the, for the seven years is, or so, and they, I mean, each one it's just a, a newer iteration of the same thing. The the thing the thing with the Wii U, um, I I feel like it, it was too easily assumed that the Wii U um could be assumed that it was a add on for the Wii, but um, that wasn't a console problem. That was a marketing problem completely. Yeah. Yeah, and I think that maybe that is what he's referring to. Oh, if if that's what he's referring to, then then for sure. But I like, I had they, taken they it that he was referring should've... to the actual console, and and that didn't make sense to me because each you know each con- each console generation is just evolutionary. Like you're not you're not you know aside from probably the Wii, which really you know it did change the game because it was really the first thing that you know this is enti- an entirely different you know we're going into this console with an entirely different mindset and people that would never pick up a video game or never have picked up a video game will be able to play this console like that was kind of the first like mainstream console to really do something like that um besides the atari the the atari and then the nes and then the wii have all have all been like everybody fucking is playing these like everybody yeah yeah but yeah i mean everything they're all they're all just you know, evolutionary steps, you know, better graphics, better sound, more players, but you know, like that's how the gaming industry works. Just like how, you know, that's how most industries work. And not that that's a bad thing, but um, just the way that I had read the article, it was, was that it was pointed at the console itself. And I was like, that's, that's the market, man. Yeah. Um, Before we get into the TGS um, roundup, um, Pokemon Go has a um, launch date. Oh, Uh, really? November 20th in the United States. I don't have the Japanese releases in front of me. Is it United States or is it North America? 
North America. Oh, I'm so excited. North America. So Pokemon Go is coming out the 20th when everybody just assumed it was coming out in 2016. Um, yeah, that's so fast. Yeah. So they've been they've been working on that. So Josh, Tokyo Game Show roundup. Uh, you got 15 minutes. Uh, I can I can do it. Be in less than that. I'm just going to go Ooh. through these really quick. Oh yeah, um, man. Yeah. So. Um, first and foremost, the most important news to come out of TGS for me, and it's kind of bittersweet because even though Rumpa! no, I know no, not Danganronpa. <laughs> um, <laughs> I mean, we've talked and we've joked about how the Vita's dead, but I feel like this, at, at least in Sony's eyes, this is like the one hundred percent proof that the Vita doesn't exist to them, unless it's a <laughs> PS4 controller, because Gravity Rush Remastered, which had been rumored for a while, got announced at TGS alongside Gravity Rush Two which was teased at last year's TGS, but we didn't really hear anything about it until now. Both of them, well, Gravity Rush Remastered is coming out early this year, or the end of this year, I should say, um, in Japan, and then February here in North America. And then Gravity Rush 2 is coming out um, at, at in 2016, but no specific like date other than that. But, I mean, Gravity Rush Remastered not coming to Vita is kind of expected because it's a remaster. But Gravity Rush 2 is not coming to Vita at all. Like one of the top Vita launch titles is just completely skipping the Vita and going straight to PS4, even though from the trailer, it doesn't look much different from the first one to the point where you think, oh, the Vita is not powerful enough to run it. So, I mean, you know, we say that the Vita is dead and we've said that for a while, like pretty much only like the really niche Japanese companies are keeping it afloat and Sony pretends it doesn't exist, whatever. But you would think at the very least that they would want to try to recoup a little bit of their losses or at least try to build up some kind of hype around it by having it be dual console. But the fact that they're just completely skipping it altogether when the rumors going around is that it was planned as a Vita game originally and was just getting tri- uh, ported to the PS4, like back last year when it was first announced, was, I mean, it's, as someone who really likes that system a lot, uh, it's kind of disappointing to see it completely skip it, especially because I feel like the gyro controls for the handheld would work a lot better than whatever gyro controls they could include at the PS4. But it's expected, but it's still disappointing. I don't know if you guys have any kind of thoughts on that. Um, um, it's I guess that kid at GameStop was right. Um, hold <laughs> on, there's there's an ad playing somewhere uh, in my browser, and I I gotta find it. Oh yeah, I, no worries. I but yeah, until it. they come oh, out with a criminal confirm, Pokemon for PS4. Pokemon Pokemon Go November 20th North America confirmed. No okay, price perfect. on the Pokemon Go Plus. Um <laughs> I uh, my friend is was super into Gravity Rush. Um played the shit out of it on his Vita. Um it's 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 telling that at E3 there was only one like Vita title announced. Like they're they're done with it. I mean they're going to support it, but they're they're done with it. Like you can't you can't compete with the DS, you, you you just you just can't, and I think the nail in the coffin was Street Pass. I think like, that plays a big part. Yeah, I mean, like um, you street street passing like a mad cunt at conventions, <laughs> walking around. You got to clear. You got to clear your street passes. Um, and like the thing about the Vita too is it has its own version of Street Pass, but it relies on the three G connection that they tried to push when it first launched. Yeah, and, and then it's and not everybody has that. And they don't even they stop making that within like the first six months anyway. <laughs> yeah. So I mean it. I mean it's been dead in the water for a while, but it's still 
a slightly disappointing, but I'm still, I'm, but at the same time, I'm thrilled to see a new Gravity Rush confirmed and on its way and only a year away unless it gets delayed into 2017, which seems to be the trend. Good. But um, outside of that, we had not one, but two uh, courtroom detective simulator games get announced or not announced. One was expanded on and the other one was formally announced. Uh, oh, we're finally getting that Jerry Orbach DLC for Phoenix Wright? Uh, no, no, but we're getting Phoenix Wright 6. Oh, fab. Ab fab. And I, I didn't know, realize there was a five. Yeah, the uh, fifth one is actually really good, but the sixth one released a... They announced the sixth game about two weeks ago, and the first trailer was released uh, yesterday at TGS, or no, yesterday or two days ago, whatever. It was during TGS. And the setting is completely different it's like another country but the country is named after the place that phoenix's original assistant was from from the first three games so it seems like it's going to get more into backstory of the original trilogy and to me the most telling thing about it though is that neither of his apprentices apollo or athena were listed or were featured in the trailer at all so people are starting to wonder if it's just going to be phoenix by himself but um i don't think so i feel like I feel like they put too much character development into everyone else to just go with nothing but Phoenix, but we'll find out more as the game gets closer to release. But outside of that, the second game that was officially announced in terms of courtroom dramas was, as you mentioned earlier, Danganronpa 3. So that game... It you sounds so thrilled. No, I'm fucking excited for Danganronpa. I mean, I, my, my wife just finished the spinoff one that I reviewed a few weeks ago, and yeah, that's all we're talking about now, but... Um, they didn't really reveal much. It's going to be back into us. It's going to be another school setting. They didn't show any characters or implied what the plot was going to be, but it was just a shitload of teddy bears talking shit to each other. So I don't know what else you need. Um, outside of that, uh, and this was just announced this morning from what I saw, but do you guys follow project cross zone at all? I I'm really into it cause I love crossovers, but I'm not following it. I, I might pick it up. Um, He's going to pre-order. Right. <laughs> no, but as far as... Uh, I thought that they wouldn't get any more surprising than when they announced Sega Sanshiro for the game last week. Say, say what now? Sounded like you just ordered something with rice. Oh, no. Uh, Sega Sanshiro. Have you guys seen those commercials at all? Really? Do you have to ask that question? <laughs> well, no, because it's an, it's an old thing. But it's kind of reached internet more internet prominence lately because they had a death battle between him and Chuck Norris. But the story goes that... The Sega Saturn was failing, as it as we all know. And then in Japan, their sales turned around and ended up beating the PlayStation for a while because of one ad campaign that they went with, where it was just this judo master named Segata Sanshiro <laughs> who went around and just kicked the shit out of people who weren't playing Sega Saturn. <laughs> <laughs> so there's these commercials of these like little kids, and they're like, we're going to go play baseball. And then he's standing in front of them, and then he just says... In Japanese, he says, play, uh, play Sega Saturn, which translates, to, which I think he says, uh, his catchphrase is Sega, what is it? Sega Saturn Shiro, which is like, play Sega Saturn. And it's a play on his name, which is Sega Tasan Shiro. So it's like, the kids are trying to go outside, play baseball, get some physical activity, and he just kicks the shit out of them because they're not playing Sega Saturn. Fuck yeah, but And there's just like a whole series of commercials where he was doing that. And then they re- constantly released commercials for a year until they released the Dreamcast, and then they ran a commercial where, to stop the Dreamcast from launching, Nintendo and Sony launched a missile at Sega headquarters. So then Sega Todd jumped on the rocket and launched it into space, rode it into space, and then blew up on it, which killed him. That's awesome. Wow. So, That's awesome. 
that, that like I um did did any of you guys read my um uh Japanese Destiny live action article? No. I doubt it. Um <laughs> there was um because the the Destiny live action Taken King trailer was so like ba- bad, but the Japanese one was hilarious. And my question in it was is this hilarious just because it's Japan being weird and we're Americans and we think, oh, that's cool that Japan's so weird? Or if, is like a Japanese person really uh, like, like, oh, that's so bad. Like, that's cringeworthy. It's just a sh- you know, bad dialogue. Like, uh, do, do we have parallels? Like, we think the English live action is shit. Do they think the Japanese live action is shit? But it sounds like that their weird ad campaigns are just beloved over there with this, you know, Sega Judo guy. Yeah, the Sega Judo guy released a song at the peak of his popularity and it sold 100,000 albums. Fuck me, so. bud. <laughs> but no, but moving on from that, he was announced last week, but at TGS, I believe last night, um, they announced four new characters for Project Cross Zone, um, two of which are Cosmos. And if you're unfamiliar, the characters usually come in pairs unless they're a support unit, which where they're just by themselves. But yeah. um, Cosmos from Zeno Saga was confirmed to re- be returning, but she's partnered with um, Fiora from Xenoblade Chronicles. So she kind of has a loose connection to Cosmos because they're both part of like the whole Zeno overarching series of games. That's but, how you pronounce your name, Cosmos. Um, well, in the game they say Cosmos, but everyone yeah. I talk to says Cosmos, so I just pick up on that. Yeah, I was, I was like, who the fuck's Cosmos? I've heard of Cosmos. Yeah, Cosmos. Mm. But, but even more surprising than that is they also confirmed Crom and Lucina were going to be a pair of units in the game, which up until this point, Project Cross Zone's been a collaboration between Capcom, Sega and Namco Bandai, but the game itself was a 3DS exclusive. Now with Fiora, and then especially with Krom and Lucina, who have no ties to any other company, it's they're the first set of characters that are Nintendo exclusive. So now it's like a four-company a four collaboration, and it's opening the floodgates to potentially add more Nintendo characters. But even is if it, it's n- just... Now, is it, is it a 3DS exclusive? Yes. Okay. Yeah, and then with... Um, even if they're the only Nintendo characters that get announced, that's still fucking awesome because that's more than we could have that's more than anyone really expected absolutely but, but uh to speed through the last couple ones because i know we're running late um kingdom hearts 2.8 got announced <laughs> which has kingdom hearts uh dream drop distance the 3ds version on it and then two other like side stories that we don't really know much about uh one of them i believe is going to be following aqua in her like state of purgatory or whatever it is or it locked on the other side of kingdom hearts or whatever the fuck went on in birth by sleep <laughs> <laughs> and then the other one is going to be like a direct bridge, if I remember correctly, between Kingdom Hearts 3DS and Kingdom Hearts 3. So basically, they're just drawing it out as long as possible before Kingdom three. Hearts 3 actually comes out. I, I, I just always appreciate how bullshit some of the Kingdom Hearts game titles are. Like the, <laughs> Dream Drop like, Distance. Um, I had to look it up, but Kingdom Hearts 358 divided by two days. Yeah. And that game was fucking terrible, too. Like, what? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Like what? <laughs> what does that mean? Three, then, what is what, what is the the relevance of three five eight by two? It's actually in the story, but I don't remember because I didn't care enough. Okay. I actually didn't play it much because I I bought like three copies because of the multiplayer mode. I played it for like two hours and never touched it again. <laughs> but um, outside of that, we had more information on Metal Gear Online, and we had a new Dark Souls three gameplay trailer. Um, to follow up on the string of delays, Persona 5, which was supposed to be out sometime by the end of this year, but we hadn't heard anything about for a while, got officially pushed back into 2016. 
Uh, we had a new Hot Shots Golf announced. And Which on is this, a, surpri- a surprisingly popular game. Yeah, for sure. And then to Did you guys ever play that, Hot Shots Golf? Oh, yeah, I had the Vita yeah. version, and uh, I have another version, too. But And then to round all of that out, and p- one one part of this is from TGS and the other one isn't, but Street Fighter got two new characters last week. Uh, prior to TGS, um, ironically, in Dubai, they announced uh, Rashid, which is a brand new character. I believe he's the second of four promised, like, completely original characters. And um, he's like... And people accuse Capcom now of piggybacking off of Tekken because Tekken had a Middle Eastern fighter revealed like a few months ago and now Street Fighter has one and it's not the first time because I I thought like like when I saw that I'm like didn't we already talk about the Middle Eastern fighter in this game but you're right it was Tekken yeah and then with Street Fighter 4 they had the big fat stereotypical American guy and then Tekken had the same thing too so so it's like people are kind of like they keep piggybacking off of Tekken but I don't really care if the character plays well he plays well but what happened uh, more to Bloody Roar? Fuck oh, yeah! What happened to Bloody Roar? That, that had, game was like that. That was the one where you like if you did well enough through the match, you'd be able to like turn into like an animal or something, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. yeah it had like three good games and then like two shitty PS2 ones, and then that was it. Dude, um, shit! No, I fucking played that that one on the GameCube like all the time. Yeah, no, that was really fun at the time. Yeah. But um, but then aside from Rash- uh, aside from Rashid at TGS, they announced that Karin from Street Fighter Alpha Three is returning. Who she's essentially the Ken to uh, Sakura's Ryu, so she's like Sakura's rival who follows her around. Except her fighting style is completely different from Sakura, and instead of being a friendly rival like Ken, she's just kind of like a snooty rich snob. Nice. But but she uses like a hand to hand style with no projectiles, and the trailer that revealed her seemed to imply that she's going to have a lot of new tools to kind of get around. Uh, fireballs and stuff so she's not stuck but no i'm really excited to see her come back but it's kind of funny because they promised at comic con that the game is going to have 16 characters total i think at this point we're at 12 and there's still two brand new characters that they haven't revealed yet so there's only going to be two old characters left and there's so many missing like like that would that people would consider staples like uh sagat's missing blanca's missing dalsim's missing guile's missing so it's like there's going to be some really hu- really huge cuts, and I know they promise that they're going to have free DLC, um, you know, in the days and months after release. But it's going to be weird to have so many characters missing. Yet between Karin and Armika and Charlie, there's like all these Street Fighter Alpha characters that are taking their place. So it's just an interesting observation. And then one more thing that I didn't list was that King of Fighters 14, after like a, I believe a five year hiatus, like a series that used to be annual. Yeah. Um. Got announced dude, and it kind of looked Fatal like crap. Fury, the the Fatal Fury movies were amazing. Oh yeah, they were fucking weird though. Yeah, but the the, the, the first one where they or the second one where they had to get the armor of Mars. Yeah, <laughs> that was cool. And that never happens in Fatal Fury, so I don't know where they got that from. Uh, it's just original. Just just let it happen. It's it's, yeah, it's anime. Just, just let it happen. But um, can you can you spit any details on Metal Gear Online? Uh, I that would probably be more in, on uh, Derek's line of it because I haven't followed Metal Gear too much lately. I haven't had an opportunity to look into it this week because I was away. I just know it comes out in October. And oh, they released a trailer of uh, Ocelot um, shooting some dudes, and like he was ricocheting bullets around. Like, oh, is that what was happening in that trailer? Yeah, I did see parts of that trailer, but it was without sound, and I was like, "How are those people dying? He's not even shooting them." <laughs> I was like, "This game looks buggy as hell. Why are they showing this video right now?" But that makes way more sense. You thought it was just Konami being Konami, pretty yeah. much. Did Ubisoft make this? 
Anyway, um, the the only the only top pick I have from TGS was we got a new Mirror's Edge trailer. Just more of the same, but uh, it's beautiful. So, any final stories before we get into games, boys? Let's do it. All right, uh, let's do it quick. Uh, Josh, we've been playing this week. Um, I was playing more Persona 4 Dancing All Night, which I could finally talk about because the preview embargo is lifted, except we're running low on time, so I'm not going to talk about it too much. Just, it's uh, fun. It's going to obs- review up? Not yet. The um, review embargo lifts on Tuesday, so that'll be up soon. Um, any, any major complaints? That the sound will randomly drop out when you push buttons, so it throws off your rhythm. Ooh. And, uh, and that you can't pick whatever character you want, like every character is tied to a song. Ooh, so if your favorite, like that Final Fantasy rhythm game. Well, the Final Fantasy rhythm game, you could pick whoever you wanted, and the, the sequel actually had so many characters that were digging so deep into like Final Fantasy history that you never had, you were never stuck with a character you didn't want to use. But that's kind of the opposite of this because it's like if my favorite character is attached to a song that I hate, then I have no choice but to play the song that I hate to see my favorite character or never play as that character ah. while I picked another song. Bullshit. But I mean, other than that, it's it's not it and it's not it doesn't have a lot, whole lot of content honestly like you bring up final fantasy the final fantasy rhythm game had like hundreds of songs like over 100 songs this one has like 28 i think Ooh. and the retail price on it's going to be 50 dollars, which is a t- 10 dollar increase from the typical vita release so Fuck, it's a vita game yeah so i mean it's kind of eh. i mean the gameplay is really good it's kind of hard to see what's going on sometimes because the bright button prompts mixed in with the bright backgrounds sometimes makes it camouflage and i'll lose my combo because i'll completely miss like a floating button prompt because it blended in with the background yeah gotcha but i mean the music's fun the remixes are pretty good the story mode lasts for a while and it's as addicting as you know most rhythm games are so um overall i think it's worth picking up especially if you're a persona fan but if you know nothing about persona there's no reason to really pick it up especially because the story is really weird because it's a canon sequel to the rpgs but it gives them a reason to like dance to fight monsters instead of actually fight them. Uh. So it's not like a weird spinoff that you just pass off as, oh, it's it's just them cashing in with a quick spinoff, which it, it is still essentially is, but it still ties to the main story and it's considered 100% canon. It It's fucking weird. Oh, <laughs> but uh, All right. other than that, I was playing a little bit of Splatoon Splatfest, Team Science. Um, You're I not going to go art? I'm not going to go art because you don't have art without science. If it wasn't for science, you wouldn't have figured out how fucking paintbrushes and paint work. Yeah, but that just happened. There was art before there was science. I don't. Science is everything. You yeah, can't but have art, art is art. everything. No, we. we oh. I would say we would settle this in the Splatfest, but the Splatfest is over by now. <sighs> um, settle this in the the, the, the splash zone. <laughs> but outside of that, um, my husbando broke up with me at the end of my first Amnesia playthrough. So no, wait, I, what? So I'm kind of going through the first story uh, the first story scenario i played again so i can get the best ending and keep working towards my husbando bukaki um wait uh amnesia the first person horror game no that <laughs> i think we've had this i think we've mentioned this before like <laughs> it's like amnesia the horror game no it's the the dating sim that i previewed at e3 where you date different dudes in different dimensions where it's like in one dimension, the dude's your boyfriend and a different one. Someone else is your boyfriend. And that same dude from before is like your, like gotcha. your friend zone guy or your coworker. Gotcha. Or gotcha. Okay. So, yeah. All right. I was like, I was like, what mod for amnesia were you fucking playing? <laughs> but yeah, so I was actually, it's funny. I was kind of 
like at parts it gets kind of slow and I was a little bored at when it felt like it was dragging, but I felt so sad when my, when my fucking boyfriend broke up with me. Like, I don't know. I don't know if I can, uh, like, I don't know if I can pick the game back up because I don't want to go through that again. I'll never leave you, babe. Thanks. That's why I can rely on you. We could, we could play criminal girls in person. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, but speaking of family friendly titles, I was also playing Disney Infinity 3.0. <laughs> Um, early more and i i was hesitant to praise it too much when i talked about it last time i was on the show because i didn't want to let my enthusiasm get the best of me because that happened with the second game with the marble stuff i was like this game's fucking amazing and then after like a few weeks pass i didn't even want to touch it anymore but no this game is like like legitimately (laughs) this game is like legitimately solid and i was talking about how great the combat is but it's to the point where I keep buying new figures as they're released just so I have an excuse to go back and play challenge maps because I maxed out the levels on everyone else that I own. And when I want to break from that and I don't feel like creating levels, I could just go to the inside out playset, which is a completely different experience and is a really, um, really creative, especially towards the end levels where they get to really, they get to like a lot of the more really challenging brain teasers. And it's a really deep game, especially when compared to the reputation that Toys of Life games have where they're just kind of shallow and an excuse to sell toys. But it's it's just so much fun. If there's a way to play it without having to invest all that money in, I would recommend uh, picking it up if you get the chance because it's a solid action game if you pick up the Star Wars side of it. And it's a solid platformer if you pick up the inside outside of it. And we're not even done yet because we have a Marvel playset and a another More Star, Star Wars, Wars Force Awakened one coming out. You you know what um you know what's um I just heard that sold me on Mario Maker huh. was the amiibo support. Yeah, where like almost every amiibo has a costume. Y- yeah, like you could play as Shulk or you can play as Sonic. Yeah, and most and, of them even have their own like end of stage music too. If you yeah, can stage with them. Yeah, I, I was like that. That sold me on it. That sold me on it. I just need to go get it. Yeah, I almost I, bought I it. Finally, just for that too. I finally like busted out. My uh, my Wii U. Well, busted out, meaning I took it from the empty room at my parents' house and put it in a bag and brought it to my place. Nice. So it is now downstairs in a bag, probably needing to get updated. So maybe within a week or two, you'll actually plug it in? Uh, fuck it. I'll plug it in tonight. Nice. Yeah. And speaking of Mario Maker, one of our newer writers, the ACZ, put up a glowing review of Mario Maker on our site. So if you have yes. a chance, make sure to check that out. Yeah. And then lastly, I played Senran Kagura 2, which just released this week, and I'm sure you can appreciate that, Shane. Yes, I'm I'm excited for that. But yeah, it's pretty much like Senran Kagura 1. So if you don't know what they that need... means, you're yeah. ninjas who have giant breasts that fucking slap them in the face because they're bouncing all over the place. And... I, have the, I have the anime w- without subtitles, so I have no idea what's going on, but you don't really need to follow the story. Yeah, but it's funny, though, because... As as like over the top as it is, and it's just an excuse to have like a bunch of fan service. The story is actually semi serious on a lot of it. Yeah, and this one's kind of expanded a bit because in the first one you had to choose between either the good school or the evil school, but on this one their stories are intertwined, so you're constantly switching between sides. Mm. So it's it's mindless hack and slash so far, but it's entertaining enough. The, and the, the the thing that I heard for the first one is. Um, <laughs> I, I love the story behind it is the, the, the dev was like, man, I want to make a game in 3D for the 3DS. What do people want to see in 3D the most? Boobs. And that was all like he needed to like start that game. <laughs> yeah, you can see that inspiration pouring out of every minute of that game. Well, there's a lot pouring out. Yeah. 
Uh, uh, are you done with uh, your weekly uh, polls? Yeah, that's polls everything. And plays? Derek, polls and plays. Polls and plays? Yeah. What does that mean? What, what did you pull and what did you play? Pull from where? Fuck, I don't, I don't know, dude. It, alliteration. Bad alliteration, but it was alliteration nonetheless. Uh, so because I was away, uh, I was limited to mobile games. I uh, actually I picked up uh, this war of mine. Finally. Finally. It's fucking expensive on the App Store, but I was like... How much? It's it's gonna be. It was like uh, eighteen bucks. Whoa! Uh, I, but I mean, that's. I feel like it's like it's like a premium. You know, I, I was like, oh, that seems like a, like you know, it's not t- typical for a mobile game. And then I was like, oh, it's like twenty bucks on Steam, and it's the same game. So, um, I don't know. I don't know how I feel about it so far. I played it for like, I, I mean, I only had a chance to put about forty five minutes into it. I feel like Dude, that's all no- you need. If you're not hooked now and like really feeling it, I don't think you. I don't think you will. I just feel like there's no, is there no tutorial or anything? Like it just kind of dropped you in here and I'm like, I don't know what to do. No, there's no tutorial. Okay. So that's kind of what that, that kind of just irked me a little bit. I think, I think I just need to put more time into it. Cause I would literally just like tap in on stuff. And then it was like, Oh, now it's nighttime. You got to send somebody outside. Basically, and then, basically um, there was there a tutorial. I can't, I don't think there was a tutorial. Like, like when it literally put, just like it gives you like a paragraph and then it drops you in this house and I was like oh like did I miss something? Like, yeah, that's 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 the thing that your first two two or three playthroughs are gonna you're gonna delete and start over. At least I did. Okay. Um, and it um it um you you have to like figure it out. Um, and so yeah, like I felt like the content, like I felt like it looked great and the audio was really good and I'm like interested in what's going on, but I just didn't know what the fuck I was doing and so I wasn't having. Pro I wasn't tip. enjoying wanna, it at that point. You want to you want to build a shovel, and you want to start clearing all the scrap in your house. You want to you want to get a water collector, and then you want to get a stove, and then you want to start looking for uh, food. Okay, that's pr- that's pro tip. Your first your first couple of nights should be focused on the first thing you need to do: build a shovel to clear the 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 debris, build a stove and a water collector. And then you're gonna want to go out to, and you need just you just need to find certain pieces of scrap to be able to do all that stuff. Yep. Yeah. Okay. And um, because there's like piles of debris that um keep you from getting to like certain areas of your of your base. Yeah. And so I didn't. I I found out about the shovel later, but I just like had like without the shovel, I sent my dudes to these piles, and then they they were just there forever. Yeah. And there's, so I was like, and then like the day was over, and I was like, oh, like literally, they just dug for like like tried to move that dirt all day you um uh you should find a can of food in your base i think and you're gonna want to go to the one of the first areas it says like oh there's there's a homeless man living here if you go to him and give him the food you'll get a bunch of diamonds that you can then barter for okay so that's like that's a little like First, so like, and is it like is it like a story based game or is it like a like kind of like a don't starve like survive as long as you can type thing? It's it's don't starve, but what happens is that the characters are going to develop their stories as the more nights you you have together, and depending okay. on what they do. But they can like they can die. Oh yeah. Oh okay. yeah. Yeah. Um. And then you're going to lose um like somebody that 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 carries a lot of stuff. Um, yeah. It's it's really. And they can die quick. They can they can die quick. And what's cool, and I don't know if it's on the iOS version, but you can make your own um, character. Okay. Um, in the one of the most recent updates, but yeah. So yeah, anyway. so that's that's really about all all that I've tried. Um, I, I I'm definitely looking forward to putting some more time in it. 
into it. I just didn't know what I was doing. Mm. Um, my plays this week, um, more Metal Gear. Um, that game is absorbing my life. I've been doing the side missions and trying to upgrade my mother base. Um, I am about to go to the second area. I'm on the like, that very first mission in the second area, but I've been trying to get all the all the um, side stuff sorted. Um, I also played the new Grand Theft Auto online updates. They added um, free mode events, which are pretty much just public events like in Destiny. And it's probably one of the best things that they've released for Grand Theft Auto Online. Um, it is, you can, every 12 minutes, a new public event happens, and you either go to the starting point, you go to the objective, or you just um, uh, compete in the objective. And so they have somewhere like everybody's got to go get a brief, like run for a briefcase and take it to a spot. Whoever takes it to the spot first wins. Um, get to a helicopter and shoot targets. Like two teams have to like uh, compete shooting uh, similar targets. Um, there's there's fun ones like longest jump, um, highest free fall um, without opening your parachute. And then there's some like get the most player kills with a sniper rifle, um, com- commit the most um, amount of damage in dollars, um, drive the fastest. There's it, there's a lot of variety. There's one that I didn't get to play that I really wanted to play called Beast Mode, where one player turns into Teen Wolf from like the Michael J. Fox uh, Teen Wolf. And he can run faster, stronger. He pretty much is, is buffed up. He does not show up on anybody's radar, but everybody else is trying to get him and kill him before he gets to a spot. Um, and then they added some like um, multiplayer modes where um, there's like a, like two teams are fighting over like a neutral zone. And the point of the the point of the um, uh, the point of the game type is to get everybody from your side through the neutral zone onto the other side. Uh, and then there's a subreddit called um, Heist Team. I believe it's Heist Teams, uh, where you can go on and just um, make a post and get people that want to do heists with you. So I teamed up with some guys and played through a bunch of fucking heists, which got me a lot of money and are really, really, really fun. Um, and besides that, I was um, started playing From the Depths with my friend. Uh, I kind of muffed around on my own, didn't really get into it, but playing with somebody else um, and you're just trying to come up with crazy vehicles um is awesome we uh he made uh, a submarine that has balloon deployers on it so it turns into an airship uh i'm working on double hulled hydrofoils uh it's it's a fucking fucking blast that's a pre-release game uh on steam uh it's pretty much like minecraft on the water but you can build boats submarines or dirigibles um but that's all uh, i've been playing this week um so mission objectives what do you say let's go for it Last week we asked you guys what was your favorite PlayStation memory of the last twenty years, and Josh, you weren't here, so what's yours? Um, I posted it in Derek's um, in Derek's post asking that question. But do you want me to read it, or do you want to go for it? I'll I'll read it. Um, basic. <laughs> <laughs> um, it'll be hard to capture the essence of my post if I try to recite it again. Um, my PlayStation memory was the time my PS3 broke with a mysterious error code that Sony support, quote, didn't know about, but they could fix it for $200. A year oh. later, the P- PS3s had a mass shutdown with the, sa- where, with the same error code that I got, and it was fixed within a day through a patch. Bullshit. Either that or the time that I got a bunch of free games in exchange for my credit card information. <laughs> Wait, f- what? Free games? When they got hacked. Oh, 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 oh. That was like, they're like, we're sorry. Mm, yeah, like, right. we're sorry. Here's Pursuit Force. You didn't um, want it when it was sold, but... <laughs> Pursuit Force. 
Um, wasn't it a, a PSP game? Yeah. That game was fun. I had that. It was it was like fun for a little bit. And then it got hard. The difficulty ramped up hard. <laughs> it did. Um, so um, we got uh, Jesse I um, said the intro of the PS1 and losing my memory cards. Um, there is a YouTube video of some of the um, PlayStation 1 startup sound remastered in HD. Um, and you hook that up to some big speakers and it rumbles. And it's like, I never owned a PS1, but that sound like that, just that ominous synthesizer and then the twinkles at the end like it really um it's n- f- big old nostalgia like explosion um dakota a said his favorite uh, playstation memory was buying an xbox uh <laughs> chad, <laughs> chad p said seriously losing those memory cards and then looking at circuit city for the knockoff ones anthony uh anthony i just posted a picture of a memory card <laughs> um benjamin m Said not owning a PlayStation, and Adam B uh, uh, got some Kurt. flame wars going on. I know you yeah. got a lot of like Xbox guys on your on your Facebook or something. Yeah, yeah. Wake um, up, sheeple. Yeah. Uh, then <laughs> Ty B said, uh, "Tough question, but my earliest PlayStation memory is playing Siphon Filter on the PS One and tasing enemies until they caught fire." Uh, I forgot about that. That was that was one of those games that uh, is probably one of my earliest memories. Um. Um, then Lee N said, me never owning a PlayStation. Um, the PlayStation had a disc in an air of cartridges. All of my WTF, my prepubescent mind of what sorcery this is and why my friends are all obsessed with Final Fantasy. Then Andrew W said, uh, the time I sold my PS3 because it never got any use. PSN, the interface, the voice chat were atrocious back when I had a PS3. And then Taylor H said, first time I watched the Xenogears opening animation. Um, what do you guys have? And actually, before Derek gets into his, that was so cynical that I feel like I have to change my answer. Really? So, real quick, I, um, like realistically, probably my first game on PlayStation was Tekken 2, and I absolutely loved it. And that was the first time I played like an arcade quality game on console. And then yeah. right after that, the first game I ever bought with my own money was Super Puzzle Fighter for the PlayStation. <laughs> oh, that was some good shit. And I played that game for years. And then it ended up going from like the $40 that I paid for it to like 120 So it was like the, also like the first accidental rare game I think I bought. No, Earthbound oh, wow. was the first one, but that was probably the second. Oh, right on. You got any, uh, Derek? Yeah, so uh, Dylan L. said the ending of Uncharted 2 hands-on. Uh, emotions ran wild. Amazing game start to finish. Uh, Frank S said Dylan L is right I would have said the sequence in Uncharted 2 when the building is collapsing with you in it uh, Jonathan L uh, Jonathan uh, London uh, said pl- <laughs> playing GTA 3 in grad school the game seemed enormous to me and was a system seller for the first PlayStation system I ever owned I bought a PS2 with money from my first job after leaving New York and moved moving to Los Angeles uh, then we have an amazing story from Frank uh, Frank S so he said uh, when I was in my 20s, I was working at Domino's and saved up to buy a used PlayStation at a pawn shop. At the same time, I got Resident Evil 2 and proceeded to drive home and play the hell out of it at my house. A few hours later, after being completely blown away, I decided to take it to a friend's house so I could show him and we could have a night full of gaming. I get to his house and he's not home yet, so I decided to hook up the PlayStation uh, to his TV and play some games until he got back. As soon as I turned the TV uh, on, the picture was completely unstable and was flipping vertically. I was devastated. I I, I was completely con- I had completely convinced myself that by driving around with it in my car, I had broken the laser and ruined the PlayStation. In a fit of wonderful rage, I ripped the PlayStation out, took it outside, and slammed it against the tree over and over, sending shards of it across the yard. 
A few hours later, when my friend got home, I told him the story and he started laughing at me. It turns out the PlayStation, uh, it turns out that his TV broke the night before and there was nothing wrong with the PlayStation. I had to save up to get a new one. What? Like, why would he do that to begin with? Uh, Miles H said the hack. Uh, Megan Haley, Megan H. Oops, I said a full well, she name. She writes for the site sometimes. So I think that's okay. Oh, she's all good. Uh, my cousin making me marathon Metal Gear Solid 2 because I was really good at games. Uh, those were in quotes. I, I made air quotes with my hands. Uh, good thing we're a video podcast. <laughs> he made me skip all the cutscenes and I finished it in a weekend. Went back to play it again when I got my own PS2. Uh, Eric D said, Fav- uh, favorite playing Uncharted for the first time and fi- finishing the trilogy in a week. Least favorite, waiting for Uncharted 4. Uh, Graham H said, attempting the sick second Digimon game that had a limited amount of steps on each level. Uh, I think you remember playing that on Eric's birthday. He's a friend of mine. And uh, yeah, we used to. Is that the one that you got in trouble for stealing Skittles? Yeah, that's the one. Sorry, Graham. Uh, And then Justin W. I think I've told the story on the podcast actually, but he said that time we opened up your PS2 because it was overheating and found a pound of cigarette butts inside. What the fuck? (laughs) Yeah, so I like I had I saved up for a long time. Um, Winton and I I lived I lived about an hour away from where I'm living right now, but moving away from. Uh, cause that's where the closest EB was. So for my birthday, I went to buy like with my own money, my parents took me to this place like where there was an EB so I could buy a PS2. And of course the pre-owned units were cheaper by quite a substantial amount from what I remember. Um, and this was about a year or so after the PS2 came out. Um, so I went with the used console, um, bring it home. You know, I got a game with it too. Actually, my first game was Rygar, the Legendary Adventure. Great game. Uh, God of War kind of ripped it off, I think, a little bit. You yeah, no, I think so, too. Yeah. Uh, anyway, so I get get it home, try to pop the game in. I got friends coming over for, like, my birthday party, too. So we, like, you know, rented some games and stuff like that. And then um, uh, all of us, like, the PlayStation keeps turning off and keeps turning off, and it's overheating. And so my dad, like, my dad, like, pops it open filled with like tobacco like 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 literally like you open the casing and you cannot see like the boards or the chips or anything because it's just covered in like like there were cigarette buds and like just like what looked like just loose tobacco and uh it was it was ridiculous um yeah so we ended up taking it back to eb and uh I think I'm pretty sure my dad threw like a like he was pissed because that was four hours worth of driving in the end to get like to bring this console back. Um, so I think that they just gave us a new one. Cool. <laughs> cool. Oh, and uh, Nicholas uh, D said, finally getting my own Chocobo for the world map in Final Fantasy seven. All right. Nice. And then I, I only had and then I only oh. had two. Um, Matt R said the demo of Ape Escape. Uh, with the launch of the original DualShock controller. Ape Escape, that's right. I remember that shit. I remember being so mad because I rented the game as soon as it came out, but I didn't have a Dual st- uh, DualShock controller, so I couldn't play it. I think you told that story once. Like yeah. your biggest gaming disappointment or something. Fucking ridiculous, but anyway. And then... Oh, um, Tomba. Oh, Megan bought... Oh, I bought Tomba because it was on a flash sale, and Megan's was playing it right before I started... Uh, right before we started recording. So she said she was going to force you to play it next time that you're around. Fine. I might be coming down in November for game days. Oh, nice. So Mega 64 game days in November. And then, my, and then my only other response was Gonzalo G. Who, and going back to what we were talking about earlier, he said the one where Sony took a beloved Vita franchise and gave it to the PS4. <laughs> 
That's funny. All right, our question of the week for you guys this week. Um, what retro console would you love to collect for? Um, anybody want to go first? Any of you two? Yeah, so I I actually used to actually have a fairly extensive uh, collection of classic games. Um, I mean, it would like everything from like NES, Super NES, N64, GameCube, uh, Master System, Genesis, Saturn, uh, you know, all the portable stuff, Game Gear, Neo Geo Pocket. Even Wait, did, like, you, did you just make a distinction between Master System and Genesis? Yeah. They're the same thing. No, they're not. Yeah, they are. Nope. Wasn't the Master System the British one and the Genesis was the uh, US version? No. <laughs> Hold on. Sega Master, <laughs> the Sega Master System is the third generation home video game console as managed by Sega. It was originally... Uh, 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 what the fuck? The reported system gave respect credit system's role in Sega's development of the Genesis. Shit. <laughs> Mega Drive. That's what it was in, 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 in Europe. was Mega Drive. Ah, okay. Um, Mega Drive. Yeah, so I even had like I had like obscure stuff. Like there's this console called like the Amiga CD32, which was kind of neat. And oh just, yeah, fuck I, yeah. Do you have like a, I had like do you have a Pico? I had like a lot. Um, and like tons of games for all of them. And uh, uh, it actually all like it got put into like a museum exhibit. Like my dad, who worked for the city in the town I live in, they actually like hired him to curate this like video game exhibit in the museum. Whoa. Um, with my stuff and he collected as well. So his stuff, he had way more than I had even. Um, and, uh, a couple of other collectors. Um, so it was actually in the museum. It was, a, it was looked fantastic and it was around for about two years. Actually, they kept it. Um, and then the I don't know down. what's that. The museum burnt down. No, I, I don't know what happened, but like get like wh- when everything was like, got broke down to like, you know, be like for a new exhibit to come in um a lot of my stuff went missing um what's that yeah right i mean some fucking like museum employees yeah i mean it's like it just when i went to get my stuff like a lot of it wasn't there in any case and i don't know what happened but after that i kind of like you know i was very heartbreaking yeah i was really disheartened and and i just remember like i took it all home several you know several like boxes and boxes of stuff and i took it all home and it just kind of sat like i didn't really even like take it out again and then one day i was like you know i can't even like i don't even want to look at this stuff anymore so i just like brought it all to a pawn shop oh um, yeah so that's uh I, if i were to get into one again it would probably be um i think it'd probably be the nes stuff because i had the most fun collecting that stuff i think just because there was such a huge variety and a lot of those games were so bad that it was just <laughs> hilarious to like i mean I, like i used to, like when i was a kid i would like ride my bikes like garage sales on the weekend to see if they had any like video games and it was such a good feeling to like pick up this like just this weird ass like nes game and you have no idea what it is and you pop it in your console and it's so bad that it's like hilarious um so yeah i think it would be the nes right on josh um for me and derek mentioned it a little while ago but i'm in a similar situation not as much as derek mentioned but i have so much crap that i might as well say that i'm actually doing this but um I would say I want to collect a bunch of the Neo Geo Pocket Color stuff. Like, Dude, do you I have a Neo Geo Pocket Color? Yeah, like, yeah, I, I went. To, I still, I still have mine too. Yeah, the link we've cable. Had, we've had this. We've had this conversation that we have you, that you have a link cable, and the next time you're together, you guys are going to play because you have Card Fighters Clash, don't you? Uh, no, I don't. D- I Dude, have you gotta uh, get Card Fighters. Card Fighters Clash is like the best Neo Geo Pocket game. Yeah, and then I got the DS version that they released, and it was terrible. Yes, it was terrible. Yeah, but the but, the Neo Geo Pocket version is like freaking heaven. 
Yeah, no, I've always heard amazing things about it. Like my favorite game on it was Match of the Millennium, which I thought. Oh, uh, yeah, Match of the Millennium is good, too. I thought it, it was a better game than the arcade version of SNK versus Capcom. So, um, yeah, and it, that that handheld was just so far ahead of its time. Like, I just want. Oh, it was amazing. For it, including yeah. including Gal Fighters. I, I was so close to buying Gal Fighters so many times and I just never did. And then when I finally decided to get it, I couldn't find it anymore. But it was the fighting game with nothing but female characters and the final boss is iori and drag <laughs> really yeah but yeah no that would actually now that you mentioned i should get back into trying to track some of that crap down do it do it get rid of your disney infinity shit and do that i can do both <laughs> no you can't that in amiibos you're doomed dude you're skylanders doomed. comes out tomorrow and we're gonna be there first thing in the morning oh fucking hell bud comes out on a sunday yeah, like Skylanders, like all those toy games come out on a Sunday. Like actually, Lego Dimensions comes out a week from tomorrow. Weird, weird, not weird. I mean, uh, anyway, I'm really tired. I'm really tired. Like I fell asleep at one point during this podcast. I'm pretty <laughs> sure. Like I, 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 I crushed some some yerba mate and a rock star, and I'm still dozing off. Um, so I, if I had to collect for a retro system, it would have to be the Genesis or the Mega Drive. Um, just just because like I was always a Sega kid. I um never had a SNES. Um, I had a Genesis, loved it, and getting um and then I went from the Genesis to the sixty four, and I never and I always like wanted the Saturn, and I always wanted the what was the thing that came out parallel to the Saturn? It was there was just it was their sixteen bit. No, it was thirty two X. No, was the Saturn? Wasn't there like a Jupiter plan? You talking about yeah, the Neptune? Neptune? No, the yeah, Neptune. I'm- Fun fact, that's actually where the name Hyperdimension Neptunia comes from. Really? Yeah. Really? That's main, awesome. Each main character represents a console, and in the first game, they kill Neptune, or they try to kill Neptune, and she loses her powers, which is supposed to be a parallel of the Sega Neptune getting like knocked out of the business before it was released. Nice, nice. So it was the, the Neptune that was supposed to like bridge to the Dreamcast. Right. Okay, um, but yeah, the Genesis. Um, th- all the fucking like rando add-ons you can get, like the thirty-two, the 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 CD, and then that was really the end of an era where there was all these like weird third-party like remakes. Like you could get a, I think you could get, you could have gotten a Panasonic. Um, uh, no, 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 no. Wait, no, no, no. The, the, there was just first-party re-releases. That was that was the end of an era where there was like different versions of the console that, that bridged everything. Like you could get a, a Genesis, um, like it was the size of like a CD Walkman that played Sega CD games. You could put like Genesis cars and 32 X carts in it. Um, like, do you remember like, um, uh, I I fell asleep again. Do you remember like the, the, the uh, NES like two, that was the top loader fell asleep mid sentence. Uh, Yeah, no, but I know what you're talking about. (laughs) Like I, I loved all those weird, like quirky, um, um, like bundle versions. Um, and n- weird side note: Do you guys remember the Panasonic Q? Vaguely, it I was remember like going the, to the local was it the GameCube one shop. Yeah, it was the GameCube one that that played DVDs. Yeah, yeah. So I, I would just and, and on all the 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 accessories uh, for the Genesis. I never had a six button Genesis controller. So getting older and like watching like retro collector um, uh, YouTube channels made me really like miss out on that. Like I wish I was a little bit older um, in that time so I could co- collect that stuff. But also I would like to collect retro PC stuff because like big box PC games always fascinated me. 
and um, uh, like the big manuals, um, but definitely, definitely the Genesis. Um, so yeah, I guess that's it. So uh, let us know what retro console would you like to collect for? Um, as oh oh, and around the site, new feature, new uh, new thing we're we're doing on the show is other stuff around Geekscape.net. My around the site pick was review of the movie Cooties. Uh, the movie Cooties stars Eliza Wood. Um, basically, it's a horror comedy. Zombie breakout happens in an elementary school. What do? Uh, check out the review by uh, Gabriel Grunbaum. Uh, what, what is your guys' around the site? So I got, uh, I, I actually really loved the um, last week we published for, I, this might be the same thing as I said last week, but last week we published a, like a round table about all of our favorite uh, Mario memories in, in celebration of Mario's 30th anniversary. Did I say that last week? No. Okay. So, so that was my favorite. It's a, it's amazing reading like everyone's opinion, like, like their favorite memories and stuff. And Jonathan was not a part of it. Um, he actually wrote up a lengthy, his memory is really powerful. I read it earlier today. It yeah. should be up on the site in the next couple of days. Yeah. Um, read it. And he talked about his, it on, his on the, mem- on the main like show. His, yeah. His greatest memory of, of Mario is incredible. And, uh, I'm really looking forward to you guys being able to read it. Yeah. Yeah. And Josh, what's your uh, thing around the site this week? And what I echoed towards earlier, the Mario Maker review, I uh, felt like it was really well put together and made me excited to go play it. So I'm still, I still haven't picked it up, but it's more the reason to convince me to go get it. Yeah, I'm going to get it just because of the Amiibo support. So um, yeah, check those, check those three uh, uh, other articles out. Uh, leave us a comment on um, what your favorite uh, retro console you'd like to collect for. Uh, give us a share, like us on SoundCloud, give us a review on iTunes. As always, you can find us at geekscape.net. Follow us on Twitter at Geekscape Games. I am at Shane O'Hare, SS Jaken on PSN and Steam. Um, I'm just getting back into CSGO because uh, there was a huge CSGO patch that I just realized I forgot to talk about on the show. <laughs> <laughs> Um, all right we went long anyways yeah we went really long um but we were quick good content all for you jeremy shepherd i feel like it was pretty varied it was time and i feel like the not talking about destiny was probably the best part of the show yeah i I think so but i uh, but i'll have the whole week to play taken king so that might change next week yes yes play it oh we get back with one but we're gonna you you three can do like a you three can do a bonus episode that no one will listen to i don't have it I don't have it. I'm super fucking broke. I don't have it. And while we're adding features, I want to also add the feature where we retract something we said because oh, yes, because uh, apparently I just read that the um, Pokemon Go release date was mixed up with the Pokemon Mystery Dungeon release date, so it is not coming out this year. It's not. No, you just <laughs> broke my heart. Oh my god! Because oh, I, I read on the site that it was supposed to come out um, the twentieth. Yeah, I mean, I haven't. I haven't like fuck it. I, fuck read. it. Anyway, you can you can you can find us on Twitter at Geekscape uh, Games <laughs> at Shane O'Hare SS Jaken at D Cranavelt at uh, Enu Joshua K seventeen on all sorts of stuff. Yeah, and at Enu Joshua on everything. Okay, all right. We'll see you guys back here next week. Bye. 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 Bye.